0: It's going to be a touchdown for Judkins. Right up the middle, David. Big gaping hole opened
1: up, and Judkins just burst through there.
0: Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford bring you the latest on everything going on with Ole Miss Athletics. Gets control, and the dock! Oh, my! Don't sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Text in your questions or comments at 662-426-1093. That's 662-426-1093.
2: I guess you don't have to,
0: but you need to.
2: He hits one
3: high and deep left field. Kane shading the eyes
0: at the track, and it is
1: gone.
0: Let's get to it. Here's your host, Gary Darby.
3: Hello, my friends. Welcome to another program. Let me tell you what we've got in store for you tonight. First, by telling you a little bit about First South Farm Credit. Over 100 years of experience supporting rural communities and agriculture, ready to guide you through your financial journey at First South Farm Credit. In the next segment, we'll get uh, the guys, Chuck and Yancey, to talk about the Grow Bowl, a little recruiting. We're going to do all of that in and around 610. And then take the break, get to those text messages, at six six two four two six one zero nine three, the injury report. Take another break. Harry Harrison's going to join us. We'll talk uh, to Harry about the Grove Bowl and football. Get the Ole Miss news, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that will be what happens. Along with five things coming up from Yancey as well. My man, Happy Monday, I guess. Yeah,
1: absolutely,
3: absolutely. You know how I uh, have uh, my Happy Monday. I got one of those good driving certificates coming uh, coming <laughs> here today. Yeah, oh. yeah, a little, little little, lead footage on yeah, high, yeah. Highway 30 ah, this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. i <laughs> yeah.
4: had many of those myself.
3: <laughs> it, had been a, it had been a while. I thought I was doing really good, and then... <laughs> Nope.
4: <laughs> Warning, they the, come in groups. No, do,
1: do they now? Yeah, I, they do. I don't I know from experience.
4: <laughs> I don't need it. I got the
3: one sitting out there on the front seat. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, took. I'll take my punishment and go on. <laughs> you know, you other go. than that, we get a chance to talk about Ole Miss athletics. It's a good
4: day. Absolutely. Yeah, except for this weekend was uh, not exactly how I saw it drawn up, but I guess it is uh, a happy Monday. We get to we,
3: we get to talk, we get to do some things. We get to talk football one more time, yeah, right? Yeah. Um and, and I'll get you guys to answer the question that I didn't uh get to go and watch the game, but everybody's worried about defense. I'm like, it's a spring game. Um you know some have said it was more like a seven on seven situation. Yep. But Yeah, I
1: mean uh, Lane Kiffin trolled Billy Napier about a 7-7 seven, seven to seven spring game, and he wanted to make sure points were scored <laughs> so Napier didn't troll him back on Twitter. So, I mean, they didn't let the defense do anything. I mean, look, the, the defense needs help, okay? Yeah. But they, they didn't let Pete Golding do any blitzing to speak of or anything else, so you can't go by that.
4: You really can I mean, you can tell a little bit on the line of scrimmage. They're – No blocking and trying to get, but once you get past the line of scrimmage, there's not a whole lot to tell outside of speed and and athleticism.
3: All right, so we got a lot we'll get to in that next segment about the Grove Bowl from the, these two and their perspective and some recruiting and other things that are going on. But five things with Yancey brought to you by the Outback Steakhouse. Our friend Steve Grantham has nine of them in Mississippi and Tennessee.
4: Yeah, this is unfortunately going to be dominated by the Ole Miss State Baseball Series this past weekend. And thought number one, look, I don't want to take anything away from Mississippi State. I thought they played by far their best baseball of the season over the weekend. But Ole Miss has no excuse to lose that series. You out-hit MSU 30-18 to 18 over the weekend. You played flawless defensively while State committed four errors and kicked it around several more times. But it was Ole Miss's offense that cost them the series. Let's take a look at the numbers. Ole Miss left 18 runners in scoring position over the weekend, and MSU left four. Ole Miss just can't get the big hit to put games away. We all know their closing role is too shaky right now to go into the ninth innings with a run uh, one-run or two-run lead. They need a cushion so they don't put so much pressure on the guys coming in in the ninth inning to close it out. Thought number two, let's take another look at why MSU won the series. Mississippi State is averaging 8.5 waltz a game for an average of 25.5 waltz in a weekend series. They walked a total of nine Ole Miss batters in three games. I don't know if this is due to Ole Miss being impatient at the plate or Ole Miss pitching way above their head all weekend. But I have a sneaky feeling it's a little bit of both. The Rebels have to be more patient at the plate. Thought number three, and yes, the monkey in the room right now is that Ole Miss simply doesn't have a closer with Nichols in a slump. Morel and Brandon Jones are dependable, but they aren't ready to be the closer. I see no other option than to put JFD back into the closer's role now that Elliott will be back this weekend. On the football, thought number four, When players aren't bringing uh, other players to the ground and the quarterbacks aren't allowed to get hit, it's really hard to get a true grasp about where things stand. But what I see are three very capable quarterbacks. I just want to see how Walker and Spencer react when someone is about to barrel them in the chest. We know how Dart is going to react. There's nobody tougher. That will be the true test come uh, 2 a days when determining the starting quarterback. And the loss, last thought, the offense is going is to be explosive. There, there are more options at wideout and tight end compared to last season. My question is still, how good is this defense going to be? I'm really worried about cornerback and edge rusher depth. Those two positions will have to be addressed on the last window for the Portals. That started Saturday. And that's it.
3: All right. Seven straight series lost to the Bulldogs, too. That's tough. 2015.
4: And to some bad state teams, too. All
3: right, we'll come back. We've got a look around the Grow Bowl and more. Stay with us on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.
5: or visit oxfordortho.org.
0: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
2: Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more,
3: no more, no more, more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. and Don't you come back no more. Yancey with you in the studios. Rhino is running the show down in Control Central, and we're talking a little bit of Ole Miss athletics on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Harry Harrison will join us uh, at around six thirty. But now, guys, uh, just a little microphone open and some 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 chance for us to talk about this this grow ball situation and recruiting and things of that nature. Yancey, take it away.
4: Yeah, I mean, Chuck. I think the first thing that stood out to me just from the eye test was Jordan uh, Watkins and the Texas A and M transfer. I thought those two looked dynamic, and we saw Watkins last year. Um, but I didn't see that burst in him that he has this year. What, what, what are you seeing from that? Well, he's
1: been hurt. This is the first practice. He, he didn't practice all the spring. So I was surprised to see him out there Saturday, uh, and, and really surprised to see him do what he did. He had eight catches for 149 yards and a touchdown. But you're right. He didn't look like the Jordan Harris of old. Uh, I mean, Jordan Watkins of old. Um, and, uh,
4: a&M receiver
1: look dynamic. Yeah. He, he's he got some growing up to do. I know he
4: does. I know maturity-wise I saw Lane jumping in there on the sidelines yeah. about complaining he's to the refs. He's got plenty of and, talent. He's yeah. like
1: Michael Trigg was last year. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of talent. needs to grow up. I hope. And we saw what Trigg can be. Nine catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. If he continues on that path, he's he's got all conference ability. He's just... I uh, hope he's grown up, and I, he he had a good spring. Chuck, I'm going to ask you this about Trigg. I was talking about the
4: physicality and playing what I call two hand touch football. Do you think any of it's to do why he looked so good in the spring? Because they're not tackling, or do you think, or is it just a maturity thing?
1: No, I, I think the reason he looked good in spring is because he's a mismatch. He's 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 too fast for linebackers and he's too big for safeties now. But when they ask him to block, uh, they might as well be asking me to block. You know, I mean, it, it, uh, he's not a blocker. He's a slot. Is he a guy. slot
3: guy? Okay, he's a slot That's guy.
1: That's what he is. And and to try to make him anything else is is going against his his nature. Uh, yeah. So the reason he looks good is because. Um, he's pretty physical with cornerbacks mm-hmm. and safeties, uh, and he outruns linebackers. So that's that's
4: that's basically it. You know, in the talk around town and the people that went to the game is, you know, they came up and said, man, I, all we heard was Dart, you know, he was the guy, he was the guy, and I thought the other two quarterbacks looked better. Um, kind of addressed that issue.
1: Well, on Saturday I thought they did too, but now he was going – Dart was going exclusively against the number one defense, yep. so that, that had something to do with it. But uh, those other two showed me that they're gamers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did a good job. Walker Howard, to me, if he puts on 15 pounds mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, uh, marinates, as David Cutcliffe used to say, <laughs> marinates for a year, I think he's the future without question. And, and uh, Spencer Sanders showed me a lot Saturday. Um, he was playing against the second team defense but he he was working with the second team offensive line as well so uh that kind of evens out but he he shows he can run the show and uh yeah i think quarterbacks in in great shape right now and then, but i'm going to say this and i've said it all spring jackson had the best overall spring yeah. coming out he's the starter um now what what i think they did saturday was tighten the race up and they showed Lane Kiffin that he has viable options if Jackson's faltering or Jackson gets hurt. Um, I think either one of those two can can win as many games as Jackson can. I really do. What do you think about on the line of scrimmage? Again, while
4: the skill players aren't hitting and bring them to the ground, the line of scrimmage they are blocking and trying to get past each other. What What did you see out of both sides there?
1: Well, on defense, I think we need at least one player on every level. I think we need another defensive tackle, another defensive end, another linebacker, another safety, and another <laughs> cornerback. Minimum, yeah. one on every level. And I'm not talking about average Joes. We somewhere in here we need to get some dudes. We need to get some studs, some dogs, as you call them, Yancey. We got to have two or three to to compete with the upper echelon teams. Um Offensive line hard to tell without Jade Williams and Jeremy James. I thought they did okay. I think Victor Kern and Quincy McGee are, are two nice depth pieces. But it, it seemed to me like everybody that he got in the portal this year is that is a depth piece or or just a good player. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't. Just don't see any Chance Campbells. You know, uh, guys that. Are difference makers that you, when you look out there, you go, Whoa, you know, to me, that's what he's got to do moving forward. Well, realistically, when you come to this last
4: portal that started Saturday, and I believe it goes to what, May the 15th, somewhere around there, about a month, now you got such a slim pickings because most of these portal guys are going to be guys that got beat out at their position. They're not happy about playing time, and there will be some studs in it but they're going to be far a few in between, and everybody's going to be coming after those guys. That's right. So what are the chances you think that you can get not a difference maker? They're yeah. not
1: very good. Yeah. They're not very good unless you can show need and you can show a, a pretty nice NIL check. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. And like you say, I, I'm. we really don't have much uh, to go on as far as what the April-May portal looks like. But I'm like you. I, I just don't – I think – The really good players are going to be happy where they are. You know, as long as they're getting checks, good, good money. I think the only reason a stud would leave right now is because he's not getting what he thinks he's worth with NIL. And then you have a situation where you might get a good player
4: that needs to be groomed, like a Bratz and Myers. So we, I talked to Gary earlier and you had broke on the news that, you know, he's a possibility to leave. You get a young guy that's not ready be that difference maker right now but he could later down the road what you know what do you do about situations like that
1: that's a good question that's a good question I I don't know it's uh this whole landscape has changed so much and they're all trying to learn how to navigate it and and there are a thousand questions like that that I that I don't have answers to I mean it's just all brand new you know who who's going to is is the NIL sustainable? Is the NIL going to change? Uh, how are coaches adapting to it? Which coaches have decided to go mainly with freshman guys? Which coaches have decided to, like Lane, go heavy in the portal? Uh, what's the sustainability of that moving forward with your program? You know, there are a lot of people that think Lane's method right now is not sustainable. Yeah. That, or, or let me say this: it's sustainable, but not consistent. You won't be a consistent winner doing it that way. Georgia's not doing it that way. Alabama's not doing it that way. But who's to say it's wrong because we don't have enough evidence yet? Well, while you guys are talking about that, I go to the On 3 transfer
3: portal, right? Georgia's got three today that go in. Nebraska's got a quarterback that goes in. Wisconsin's got a running back that goes in. There'll be a lot of guys that play this through spring practice, see what happens, mm-hmm. and guys now – well, I'm not going to. I got beat out, right? Or whatever the decision might be. It just takes this.
4: It's and it could be an NL value. That's like right. I'm Chuck not getting what about. I want. Bear Alexander goes to the portal. That's he it. was, I don't know if y'all remember this For but Bear's brother was committed to Ole Miss uh, from Texas. And then he ended up decommitting with the linebacker coach at the time they left uh, a few years back during the Luke era. But Bear's someone that's familiar with Ole Miss campus. He was here several times. Had a very productive year there, his first year at Georgia. You, I mean, why else would he leave besides NIL value? But how in the world is Ole Miss? They're already depleted with keeping up with their current roster and the players they brought in. Chuck, you mentioned it, you know, it takes money.
1: So how do you get those players? Well, let me just say this. (laughs) If I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm going to look at every Georgia player that's in the portal no because they've done nothing the last five years but but sign five and four stars, especially those yeah. defensive guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you're talking, I, I, about. you know, you got to think that, uh, and I
4: know Bear's a stud. I mean, yeah. he started day one here at old Miss. I mean,
1: you got, and you got to think that all the guys from Georgia. But now, if a guy from. Uh, uh, Western well, Kentucky. Kansas <laughs> comes in the, I knew you were gonna pull Western Kentucky out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Western Kentucky, Kansas or you know, they go in the portal. I'm I'm gonna have to think twice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, me too. Um Chuck special
4: teams, we saw Caden, have to believe it was three for three. They weren't distance kicks.
1: Just briefly what what do oh, you see from him? He's yeah. fine. He's yeah. a, he's and punter, and
4: Costa and Punter.
1: What uh, have you seen from him? We ain't seen anything of him. We I mean they didn't is it a new punter? I don't no, remember. No, no, no. Uh, Fraser May, Mer, whatever his name is, twelve. Uh, Fraser Mason, Mason, I guess. So, why do you think they decided not to punt? In I the don't game? know. They just didn't punt any during the practices. I mean, they were punting by themselves over on another field, but they had no, uh, basically no, punting drills.
3: This portion of the show brought to you by Gateway Tire, serving us since 1929, 54 locations in six different states.
0: real estate more of the rebel yell hotline presented by Canon motors coming up next Six six
3: two four two six one zero nine three is the text message line you get in the studio with us and we'll chat about a few things with you a couple of items to get to um one of them is why don't they do the spring game like they used to draft a team and let them play the game Injuries. Oh. I, mean, I mean, nobody's
4: doing really Every Everybody's doing it, do it now. Yeah. I mean. But I, all around the SEC, I was flipping around, and they were doing two-hand touch, too. Right. So, I, I mean, obviously, they don't want to get
1: anybody injured, but, man, you want to get them prepared, too. I don't know. Well, I guarantee you this fall there will be some complaints about how poor tacklers that's we are. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, get sure. ready for it. You know, I mean I – mean, you know, but but I understand the injury side of it too, and um, and there's another thing, there's another aspect going on too, guys. And we might as well say it: this is the elephant in the room. Kids control things now. <laughs> if they they if they decide they've got a little hamstring pull. They don't practice. Yeah, you know they got. A, uh, I don't know. I, to me, the direction of college sports is going right now is is not. Uh, Real good, let me put it that Est- way. Estimate- Baseball's not that way. That's why I love baseball. Estimate
3: for me about how many people showed up to the Grove Bowl,
1: fans-wise. I thought pretty good crowd. I'd say 5,000, but I'm not good at guessing crowds. And look, I went to
4: the for the first 30, 45 minutes, and I wanted to zip and watch the baseball game. I went there. Every single establishment in Oxford had a wait line just to get into it, Every TV was on the baseball game and not one was on the Grow Bowl. I went everywhere trying to find I wanted to watch both of them. So I watched the Grow Bowl on my phone and then watched the baseball game. With the, and it everybody has, was focused on the, on the baseball game. It has obviously series.
3: changed. Cause I remember early in the time of doing radio. I mean, we're doing remotes from out yeah. there and then people getting all the autographs and everything and whatever you can do in a well, football game. And Gary, an that's, when the M, that's
1: when the M Club ran it. Yeah. And they did a great job. Yeah. The M Club used to run the, the spring game, and, and they did a great job. But ever since they quit running the spring game, it's just a glorified scrimmage. You know, but there was a good crowd though on the home side. Yeah, there was. That's um, what I
3: was wondering. What was the interest like with fans actually coming? I just think to it see. hurt having that old Miss State game Maybe on that. at the same, same time. time.
4: You know, if, when they found out whatever time that game was going to be, I mean, it's flexible, right? Whenever the schedule came out, that the time of that baseball game, they should have moved it to 11 o'clock in the morning, Could right? Have. Because the baseball game yeah. started at what, at three? Yeah. That really killed the game. I mean, everybody was glued. And that just shows you the popularity of baseball, how much has grown at Old Miss. Because if that would have been even 10 years ago, there would have been hardly a TV on that baseball game and everybody would have been focused on that football game.
3: And if Elliot is back, pitch him Friday, yep. Rivas Saturday, Doherty on Sunday as a text message. What do you I, think about that? I hope that?
4: not. I hope not. I mean, I think JT Quinn has more than solidified himself there on the weekend rotation. And Ole Miss just doesn't have a closer. I mean, if he can't close the games, what – I'm, I'm now trying to use daughter strictly in the ninth inning twice a weekend. And then, like I said, but you know, you go with catch them, you go with uh, Brandon Jones and you go uh, with Morrell to get you there, right? Um, they don't have anybody to close the game right now.
1: You know, Yancey, where you could have watched both games. Is, is at home instead of trying to find a bar. <laughs>
4: I know, want somebody to serve me a cold establishment,
1: though. I
6: don't, don't yeah. want
4: to go in the refrigerator and get it myself. <laughs>
6: can Cleary could, McGraw. Could have
4: just
1: gone over there to, to your house and, and watched them both. CCMIOxford.com
3: uh, with the text messages. We got any injuries we need to discuss before we Oh, got a
1: bunch of football injuries, uh, you know, and I don't know what they are, but these are guys that miss most of spring training or uh, a portion of it. Cedric Johnson, obviously defensive end. He's rehabbing from off shoulder surgery. Deontre Prince, cornerback, uh, rehabbing from uh, groin surgery off-season. Trey Harris, one I wish had gone through spring, had a hamstring pull all spring, didn't go – went the first day, and that was it. Jordan Watkins uh, played in the Grove Bowl – But he was about 80%, it looked like, and didn't practice any prior to that. Jakuvian Brown, defensive end, knee injury overcoming. Davin Widener, quarterback, uh, tore his ACL in practice. Dayton Wade, wide receiver, had a a, a hamstring issue. DeMarco Williams, cornerback. I don't know what was wrong with him. He just doesn't like to practice. Uh, <laughs> Nick Cole, safety. I don't know what was wrong with him. Rafe Vinson, safety. He had a hamstring issue, I think. Preston Cushman, offensive lineman. Um, he was injured most of spring. Didn't practice hardly any. Jaden Williams, rehabbing. Uh, shoulder surgery from off season, shoulder surgery. Same with Jeremy James. Casey Kelly, he's in the portal now. He was, but he had shoulder surgery and wouldn't have been out there. Caden Lee, the freshman wide receiver, had a bad hamstring issue as well. I was wanting to see him and Trey Harris because I'd heard good things about Caden Lee in the 7 on 7 prior to spring. Quay Davis out. Jeremiah Dillon was out for the Grove Bowl. Hudson Wolf was in black. The whole he's trying to make a comeback, but they held him out of, of uh, contact. Jaden Dix, defensive end. He's he's uh, seemed like he's been injury prone. And Braylon Brown, wide receiver, who had a really good spring, but got hurt in the last practice prior to the Grove Bowl. I was sorry he didn't get to play. So. Um, He's gonna he's gonna help the rebels in the fall, but that's it.
4: You look at all those injuries, Chuck, a lot of them are receivers. I think Ole Miss is just gonna have a lot more options than they had last year in the receiving game with the added tight ends and, and receivers. That's that's the thing that sticks out to me too about the spring.
1: The injury
3: report brought to you by Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. It's oxfordortho.com. Chuck, that's about 20 25 names, wasn't well, it? Well, I mean, here's the
1: thing, though here. the like I said, like players I said control. earlier now and I'm not I'm not trying to pick on any players and, and I'm going to get some feedback from this, but some of those kids could have played if it'd been a game, a real game coming up.
5: Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play. Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville
0: Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
3: For a game day outlook brought to you by the Fareez Group, your partner in retirement with nearly two decades of expertise in helping retirees invest and distribute their savings, the Fareez Group continues to provide clients with a level of service and deliver results. They have locations in Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, and Baton Rouge. Give them a call. It's toll-free at one 3735 That's 877-327-3735. Is our man Harry Harrison hanging on with us? How you doing, buddy?
6: Man, I'm good. Just finished up with a spring game, and I thought I heard in the distance somebody was screaming defense, but nobody ever came. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, Harry, we were just talking about that. Chucky said that they needed a standout on each level of defense, and not only DM, but DT, linebacker, cornerback, safety. And I asked him, you know, what are the odds they can get that out of the portal with so many few impact players going in the portal at this late in the game? I mean, what what are your thoughts to uh well, yeah.
6: Obviously, I think we need some backups. I mean, I think we're going to be pretty good along the first line. You get you get uh, Cedric Johnson back at that Jack linebacker. That's going to look, make a whole lot of difference right there, uh, from a run stop game and from a you know pass rushing. But you got to have more than four or five guys, and I'm, I'm afraid that's kind of where we are from a quality standpoint. So, linebackers, uh, you know, two, four different guys split reps with the ones all spring, and then uh, you know so. We got some bodies there. Do we have a, Do we have a Troy Brown? <laughs> do we have a Chance Campbell? I don't know if we do or not, but uh, we certainly need to. And then getting DeAndre Prince back at one of the corners and and Zamari Walton, I think, will eventually uh, get it. It, it, it. As I've said all spring, Yancey, when you're putting in a new system with three new coaches and terminology is different, that they, they're having to stop and think too much instead of and still react. And I saw that again. But but I'll tell you, our quarterback room got the MVP award. To, uh, uh, for Saturday, I thought all three of them played very well, and uh, you know the wide receiver group did did very well. And we got some rising stars in there, and then Michael Trigg just a you know absolute nightmare to try to match up against. And as long as we have got somebody can block on these run games, then uh, I think we'll be you know probably have Chris Cohen and, and, and Michael Trigg and maybe others in there at the same time a lot this fall. Uh, and I think our two running backs are both elite. Uh, I like, uh, obviously, I thought Juck carried the ball more than I expected him to. Saturday uh, got a little concerned, but I think he took the second half off. But uh, Ulysses Bentley's got that step back; he's got that speed and quickness back. And and if the young man coming in from you know from high school in Texas is anything like he's billed to be, we'll have three good ones. And you know, there's a couple guys that were playing there as walk-ons. I thought you know ran the ball very effectively. Mm-hmm. Got to get that offensive line to of those starters back and uh, get that meshing, but I think we built some. I think we built some some backup in this spring by the fact that two of those guys were out and uh, the fact that we lost uh, Nick Broker to, to the you know to the potentially to the NFL. So uh, back to the original questions. I mean, you know, whatever it takes to get some guys in here. I, I'm not sure. I would you would assume that people who've gone through spring training would get believe the guys are getting in the portal. And then you got to ask the question, why? Uh, Mm -hmm. Were they not getting enough reps? Do they not good enough to play? All those things. Uh, So don't have an answer for you there, but uh, I think the portal that comes out in December has probably got a lot more uh, options than they do in May, but we'll see. Well,
1: uh,
4: Harry, you know, you mentioned about the terminology and getting to learn it and all the newness with the new coaches and new players. Were you surprised that Lane uh, just. Canceled the last three practices; they were allowed to have.
6: Is that what happened today? I, had, I I've been so busy today playing catch up. I didn't uh, I didn't pay attention to that. But uh, yeah, he
4: he, did, he just, just nixed the last three practices. Now you know Chuck made a good point um, when we were talking on the side. He said that after the Grow Bowl, after your spring game, the players check out. But I thought maybe you know uh, he could have used those before the Grow Bowl with all the newness, the new players, new coaches, well, new it could defense. Be, but
6: our numbers were down so bad yeah yeah with yeah. all the surgeries and injuries and you know and i think you know obviously we're playing two-hand touch saturday and that's another problem for defenses if you're a defensive-minded guy you know after you play two-hand touch for for a play or two or a quarter or two you may not put out the same effort you do if you're going to tackle a guy if that makes any sense whatsoever but uh I thought we had a lot of guys in position to make some plays in the defensive backfield. I just thought our receivers out-battled him to make some catches, but uh, especially Michael Trigg. And, and of course, I thought uh, Jalen Knox had a pretty decent afternoon. I, mm-hmm. I thought uh, Marshall from the transfer from Texas A&M showed a lot of potential, unless you're running deep routes. And but uh, I, you know what? I think we could go to one with each three of those quarterbacks. So that's going to be interesting to get into the fall. But I I still think it's uh, Jackson Darts come out it's come out of the pack as the leader but uh we'll see going into the fall kind of where we stand
1: well they sure uh, to me harry jackson dart was the clear winner all through spring and but in the grove bowl it looked like to me things tightened up a little bit
6: i think so i I think i think when you got the live action it did chuck and you know I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem going forward with walker howard i think i i will keep repeating myself, but he just throws the ball so well it comes out of his hand so quickly and it looks like hes having the least amount of effort to throw the ball down the field and I thought for a red for a red shirt freshman that's only in his second semester of college his uh, his production in the pocket his awareness of, of hitting the hot receiver I thought was way ahead of uh, being a freshman didn't you Chuck?
1: 11 of 13, 185 and three TDs, no interceptions. That's a pretty good day for anybody, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, considering he didn't get but probably a half worth of snaps. So, yeah, I, I thought calm, cool, collected, a lot of savvy for a young guy. I, like I said earlier on the show, I don't know if you listened or not, but I, I think 15 more pounds and some strength, and we've got a, a real dandy for the future.
6: Yeah. One of my friends was in town. He lives in Mandeville and he he said the LSU faithful been recruiting this kid since he's in the eighth grade. He thought there was he was going to be the savior coming to LSU. So he transferred Ole Miss. There was (laughs) a shock in the air down in Baton Rouge and the surrounding area. So never hurts to have one of those stories told. And I enjoyed listening to that.
1: (laughs) I bet you did for sure. Uh, You know, harry bentley is not zach evans but i think he gives a dimension uh to me zach and and uh quinshine were a lot alike but i think bentley gives you a, a different dimension with all that speed he's got uh c- will complement quinshine really well uh, again he's not zach evans but but he's a quality back
6: no no doubt about that he gives you some shake that maybe zach didn't but you know, zach could run through you you know as well and Sure. Zach had that one cut and that big burst, but I, I thought uh, Ulysses Bentley, uh, if, he, if he gets a step on you, I don't know. There's many guys in this league going to run him down. So I like his speed, and yeah, uh, and I thought they both caught the ball well out of the backfield. I was really impressed with Jutkins catching the ball out of the backfield, and uh, that you know people don't realize what a big deal that is. If you got a back that can run it, but he can't catch it, he becomes one dimensional. And uh, you can kind of tee off of that if you're a composing defense. But I thought both these guys caught the ball very well. I was kind of surprised we didn't see Priest Corn in the passing game more than we did, Chuck. But, uh, uh, you know, Michael Trigg, when he gets his hands on the ball, he's got such strong hands. uh, It's amazing how you just can't knock it out of his hands. He's got amazing strong hands and big target. he, He high points the ball. and. And hopefully he's, uh, he sees his way through his, his freshman freshman or redshirt freshman mistakes, and, and he's all 100% once we get to August.
1: Uh, Harry, two guys, and, and I'm, this is your area of expertise, but two guys that are starting to stand out, particularly late in spring, uh, not so much early in spring, but late in spring, and then they both had good Grove Bowls was uh, safety uh, John Saunders Jr. and uh, – uh, cornerback, the freshman cornerback, A.J. Brown. I thought both those guys represented themselves really well in the Grow Bowl, even though, like you say, it's two-hand touch and, um, you know, it was all offense on the day. Uh, Saunders had 13.5 tackles on the day, which, which ain't bad.
6: No, that's right, Chuck. And I think that's, you know, he was a true corner at Miami of Ohio, and they brought him in because of his height and size. To play, to play a safety position. And I thought uh, I, I, he's going to wind up probably getting a lot of options of, of covering those little slot receivers. And mm-hmm. they'll make you look silly sometimes. I mean, I, I thought J.J. Henry really has stepped his game up, number 15. But but back to the DBs, yeah, I thought Saunders uh, is a good get, Chuck. And I think he'll, uh, in that safety role, I think he can be a run stopper up, up front, close to the line, a good tackler. And, of course, he – you know, he did a good job of coverage, but he, he was kind of all over the field from a tackling standpoint. Uh, I, I know I would hate to chase a little quick 5'10", 170-pound slot receiver, but I thought he did pretty well doing that.
1: And what about A.J. Brown? Did you notice him at all? You know, we brought him in as a safety, but about yes. three, three practices in they changed him to a corner. And I, I thought he'd, he's, he's
6: adapted well. You know, I didn't see any of those corners stand out, I thought, that much. Saturday, Chuck, and you've probably seen him as much as I have. But, yeah, I thought he and the, and the Myers kid, too, number 20, and uh, both of them are, are big, rangy guys. And, and you're right, AJ, A.J. Brown was supposed to be a safety coming in here. I guess for a lack of talent out there, they've, they've shifted him outside. But I think they both got bright futures. Just got to get more reps, and no doubt about that. And they'll continue to do that in the Manning Center doing some seven oh sevens and now of this stuff. It'll it'll be better come fall for sure. But you know, back to the portal, you you gotta find find some guys that you can plug in and maybe across that front and, and and maybe one or two in the back end of that thing and uh, secondary. And so we'll see Lane Kiff is pretty darn good at that. So hopefully we hadn't run out of portal money and uh <laughs> we can we can entice some guys to come in here, Chuck. you, you get out and beat some bushes.
4: Well, I think guys that it's going to be easier finding a really good corner than it is, say, an edge rusher, right? Those are such a premium Uh, corners, you know, that might not like this situation in the rotation. They might not be the starter and they're the third guy. So I think there's, you know, I've got hope for filling a hole or two there at cornerback than I do, say, an edge rusher. So uh, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to sign those guys in this late signing period, Chuck. You
1: know? well, well, one thing is edge rushes are a lot more expensive, Yancey. Exactly. <laughs> they cost more.
4: Exactly, and there's such a demand for them. I hey, mean,
1: but there's. Hey, no offense, no offense, Harry. I know you were a safety, but your nil value wouldn't have been very high. <laughs> well, it,
6: it was. Uh, it's fifteen dollars a month, Chuck. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: right. Uh, what? Let's let, let's talk about that defensive front. I I believe with the four man front. Uh, Harry, that JJ Pegues is going to come alive a little bit. I don't think he's going to be d- double teamed quite as much as he was last year when he was a, a zero nose in that three man front. Uh, I, I think you're going to see him really. I don't want to say explode, but I think he's going to excel way more than he did last year.
6: Well, I don't think there's any doubt of that. I like I like having him out heads up on the tackle or, or maybe out on the guard, but, uh, and I, I like that three-man front, Chuck, with a stand-up edge guy. You know, I don't mind that a, either. You know, if it's, if it's uh, Cedric Johnson, I think he's going to make, make a huge difference. And I talked to him maybe the last day of spring before the game, and he said that's what he's going to be, is that position. So, I think he could have a terrific year there. But I thought J.J. flushed the pocket several times on Saturday and caused those quarterbacks having to flush out and, and and, and you know, race right or left uh, several times against Walker Howard and. the uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think he's capable of doing that. And I, Xavier Harris obviously needs to come on and uh, and be a plugger on the inside. And then the Harris guy, is it Josh, Joshua Harris from yeah. NC State. So I think he played he got, first He
1: game. got better during spring, Harry. He, he, he didn't impress me very much. He, he has uh, a little spurt in him. He, he didn't impress me very much the first six or seven practices, but they're toward the end. He, I think he – got comfortable and like Nancy said, he's he's got a little jump to
6: him. Yeah, he he I don't think he was in great shape when spring started either, Chuck.
1: I think he was a little heavy. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, well, so we're telling the truth tonight, huh? Well that's interesting it's all, it's, about it's all
6: truth. I, you know I don't want anybody to take this wrong but I think truthfully he was not in great shape and and he went from being six four to about six foot. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: But well, I think I
6: think to... he's the guy over the center in there and I think you know you, you, you got three or four guys there you can alternate in. I thought Smith, number fifty eight, uh made a few plays on Saturday and uh DeMarcus Smith and he's he's going into his sophomore year but he's been redshirted. And uh he's six three around three hundred and he needs to step up and help. but uh, I liked him. Yeah. I, I
1: think well, the, he the, wild card, the wild card in all of this is, is Tywon Malone. He's the one that –
6: Without a doubt. It's Without his doubt. time.
1: It's his time.
6: And, and, I, and I don't know him personally, but uh, I don't think he's playing enough baseball to be over there missing all these practices. But nope. anyway, I, I don't make that decision. But, uh
4: Well, you said that Cedric was going to move over there to that, what, jack position that they're calling it. And then, Chuck, you said last week or the week before that Sontaren Perkins was going to play that position. Those are Arguably well, going to be your two best defensive well, players. Well,
1: well, Pete Golden told me that Son is going to play at a lot of different positions. Yeah, uh, he, that's that's. He's not going to be he's not going to be limited to just the jack. Yeah, uh, but he yeah, is. I, gonna I
6: don't. I don't think. I don't think he's mature enough yet. He, although he's a terrific player, I don't think he's you know ter- ready to play that jack position on every down basis. Me either, I think, Harry. I think you got to get him on the weak side because we obviously know he can run, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and, and make some tackles you know, on those sweeps and get into lanes, pass, pass coverage, and maybe even cover a tight end and slot. I think he's capable of doing all that. Cedric's
1: the perfect doubt. guy yeah. for that. Cedric's you know, the perfect guy for
6: that. He's and can run, and I think he's the perfect guy for that.
1: You know, and, and last year we thought he was going to be the heir apparent to Sam Williams, and and he's just stayed injured all the time, and we just didn't see the real Cedric Johnson, but but prior to the season last year, all the defensive coaches were saying our best defensive player is Cedric Johnson.
6: Right. I kept hearing that practice after practice. You know, he was the best guy, uh, and, and he looks trim. But for two sixty five, he looks 6'3". I think he. I think that'd be a perfect spot for him. He's the one that told me that's where he was going to play. Yeah. I asked him, I said, Are "You going to be our Jack linebacker?" He said, "Yes, sir, I am." So. Uh, that, that was that was the end of the conversation. I think that would be a perfect spot for him.
1: Hey, Harry, great stuff as always. Thank you. We appreciate yes,
6: you. Yes, sir. Thank you, See buddy. you guys later. Bye, Thank baby. you, Harry.
1: We'll come back with some
3: Ole Miss news and the good, bad, and ugly and wrap up another program.
4: She's alright, she's alright.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rebel fans, do you have real estate questions? Coldwell Banker Signature agents have the answers. Whether you're buying or selling, let the agents at Coldwell Banker Signature give you the home field advantage. Start your search now, www.oxford38655.com, or call them directly at 662 50 38655. Also, if you're thinking about a career in real estate, give Martin a call at 662 50 38655 to learn about the opportunities available. Find your home with Coldwell Banker Signature today.
0: Look good and feel good this new year by stopping by Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. Check out the great sale items they have going on now, plus new merchandise arriving daily. They've been voted Top 50 Men's Clothing Store by Esquire Magazine, and they also offer a full-service old-fashioned barbershop, and their hours are 9.30 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9.30 to 5 on Saturdays. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Serving you for over 55 years, that's Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson employers are you paying too much for your group health insurance if so call connie brazell with morgan white group connie can show our proprietary premium saver plan which could save you as much as 18 to 20 percent on your group health insurance premium connie can also show you our employee needs Too, offering human resource guidance payroll solutions 401k retirement plans and senior services morgan white group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of mississippi servicing all of your health dental vision and life insurance needs call connie today at 662-259-5552 Hotty toddy and go Rebs. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
3: Time to finish it up here as we get a couple of minutes with Ole Miss news, a couple of minutes of recruiting, and then the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, The Ole Miss news brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers, South's leader in estate jewelry and diamond solitaires. They'll uh, make sure... Uh, they guarantee that full satisfaction and value for the money. And as Chuck always says, you know she's worth it. Deshaun Ruffin has entered the transfer portal for the Ole Miss men's basketball team. So another one that uh, has entered there. Uh, the number 20 men's golf team finished third in Nashville over the weekend. Uh, They're getting ready uh, for an SEC tournament championship, as are both tennis teams getting ready. The men's tennis team ranked number 25. Uh, The men playing in Auburn, the women are in Fayetteville. That starts on Wednesday.
4: Yeah, it's good to see the tennis team back in the top 25. I think it's been a minute, and then Malloy, you know, he's just getting that golf team, picking at the right time. He was excited about a couple of the kids that he brought in, and one of the transfers he had in this year was obviously doing well, so – Happy to see that team doing well.
3: A little recruiting brought to you by the Grove Collective. They try and create and enhance the NIL opportunities at Ole Miss for the student-athletes. Join that collective today and make an impact with student-athletes for the flagship university. What you got?
4: Yeah, you know, I always like the guys that you have a hard time fitting through the door. So I'm going to start with some basketball recruiting news on some bigs. Uh, Pitt Center John Hugely is en route, I'm told, right now, to Oxford for his official visit, Six nine, two pounds Center slash power forward averaged 14.8 points and 7.9 rebounds as a sophomore for Pitt. He's ranked as the number 42 overall player in the transfer portal. Uh, Ole Miss recently held a Zoom call with the number 21 overall ranked player in the transfer portal with Moisa CC out of Oklahoma State. He's 6'10, 2'20. Um, he was the Big 12 defensive player of the year this past season, a rim protector. Another center to keep an eye on is Western Kentucky Jamorian Sharp. He's the Transfer Portal's number 65 overall player. He's the tallest player in collegiate ranks, Chuck. He stands 7'5". Obviously, he can swap the ball. He averaged 4.1 blocks a game. He's a two-time conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. And then Ole Miss hosted over the weekend, Quest Glover, uh, point guard out of Sanford. He started his career out at Florida. He averaged 14.7 points this past year, and they're bringing in tomorrow Arizona State freshman point guard Austin Nunez. Uh, the old Miss Spirit, Zach Berry, uh, reported he is 2022 McDonald's All-American, and he was recruited heavily by Beard out of high school.
3: The good, the bad, and the ugly brought to you by the Big Delta Power Sports people located at 155 Cracker Barrel Drive in Batesville.
1: Well, the good, the Grove Bowl Saturday, and let's keep, keep it fun and call it a good experience the red team beat the blue team 53 to 52 but nobody cared about the score it was an offensive showcase with the defense playing base vanilla scheme but we got to see all three quarterbacks in action the incumbent jackson dart had the best spring overall but spencer sanders and walker howard both had better numbers than dart in the grove bowl of course dart was operating against the number one Uh, Defense, so there's that concession. But I have to tell you, if push came to shove next season, I believe the Rebels can win as many games with the other two as they can with Dart. Tight end Michael Trigg caught nine balls for 136 yards and a score, and Jordan Watkins had eight for 149 and a TD. Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, was leading ground gainer with 83 yards on 10 carries with a 40 yard burst. Good day. The bad, I'm sorry, folks, but we have to do something in all three of the big three sports with this losing to Mississippi State malarkey. I I don't use the word unacceptable because I don't think anything's unacceptable, but this year was damn close. Football. Two men, two men's basketball games and over the weekend two or three in baseball where we just gave them the series like we gave them the football game. And I don't really care to hear the sentiment that, well, State isn't our rival, LSU is. LSU may be our rival, but so is Mississippi State, and they play us like we are their number one rival. We better start reciprocating or we have more results like this we did this year. The ugly... Yancey's got on his daughter's socks again. They're <laughs> little, I mean, the, they barely cover his ankle, and they just look pathetic. I'm sorry.
3: Excellent work. Excellent work. They
4: do have to, I mean, Chuck, and especially when you have the – the last two years, the state baseball teams have just been really bad teams. And to lose, I mean, you have a national championship team that loses to the last place team. Football. They weren't any good in football. I know, Come on, weren't. man. I, I know. Now, basketball, state was just better than Ole Miss this year. Yeah, so well, you can understand. So were those. me and you and Darby. But, uh. <laughs> but look, now, you still got one game left against Mississippi State in the Mayor's Cup. And I know that people say it doesn't count towards the SEC, but when that, the NCAA, they break out your resume, it counts as an SEC game as. NCAA?
1: Well, hey. Are you talking about the NCAA tournament? Good Lord, have mercy, Yancey. You are the optimist of the year. One game at a time. I don't
4: expect it, but you never. Today, get to lost 17 in the SEC, I'm going to keep shooting for it.
1: There you go. Well, good for you.
3: (laughs) Baseball plays Arkansas State on the road tomorrow, and then LSU comes to Oxford for the weekend. Please change your socks.
4: (laughs) Hotty toddy. (laughs)